This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, February 14th, 2020. So we're in the middle of the month, 28 days in February. So halfway through, there's been a lot of news, a lot of things going on, a lot of worry about the coronavirus in China. And, you know, I got some statistics, some updated statistics to share with you later on today. But there's always something to worry about. We had some economic news out today, which was, you know, okay. It shows uh, yesterday and today we had inflation news, which means there is no inflation. No one's paying attention to inflation and no one cares about it anymore. Have you noticed? Because it's not there. It hasn't been there for some time. So we'll keep an eye on it to see if it ever pops up. But we had some other news uh, out um, about the economy. So hopefully we can get to that. The coronavirus, you know, spooked the markets and it's caused a lot of volatility. But I'm kind of thinking that maybe, you know, the market has baked in all the problems that they see with the coronavirus. Okay, so... You're listening to Vestalk, of course, so we're going to give you strategies to help you deal with the volatility that this has caused. And I expected more volatility this year despite the coronavirus, and it doesn't matter. It's going to come from something. So hopefully we can come up with some strategies that would deal with it, okay? I'm thinking, you know, I'm really thinking time to move toward, you know, pretty secure type blue chip stocks paying nice dividends. I mean, I've been moving that direction for some time now. But it's just getting more and more so that I think we should go over there. It's less it's volatile, so we'll, we'll you know we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that. We will. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you'll call me today. This is a call-in show. That it's, we call it Invest Talk, and on Invest Talk radio program and podcasts uh, that KPP Financial, my company, puts puts this together. I hope we can become better investors by sharing questions and answers and information with each other. I'm hoping that will help you, help you become, you know, we all want the same thing. You know, we all want that financial freedom goal. We all want to know, you know, someone asked me today, and I'm a, it was one of my talking points, talking, talking points today is going to be, can you retire on a million dollars? Can you do it? I'm going to tell you what a million dollars can produce for you safely, consistently, until you die without even ever touching the principle of the million dollars. That's financial freedom, you know, where you can live off your assets instead of worrying about, you know, do I have enough money? Well, there's a way to figure it out. So we're going to figure it out. So that's what I'm going to do. With You know, I do this, you know, remember, I do this because I want to do it. I like doing it. I enjoy doing it. I've already reached my financial freedom goal. But that doesn't mean I want to stop. I still like doing it. I want to help if I can. Anyways, any way I can help you, I'm going to do it. It's pretty simple. Okay? And really, my philosophy is this. I buy and sell the exact same thing for myself as I do for my clients. So if I have bad performance on one of my programs, I have five, six different programs. If I have bad performance, I lose money on myself in in that program. So it is absolutely true. I buy and sell the exact same thing, same percentage in each one of the programs. So that's what I do, and that's what I share with my clients. 
So let's get the Stowe show started. Our anytime listen line is open, and I'm taking your I'm taking your calls at 888-99 chart. We're live. We're live Monday through Friday, four to five Pacific time. And you know, well, you probably heard me about you know I talked about our consultation dates. I'll be there in San Jose on February 27th. But I want you to take a look on my website. I have scheduled all my dates for the year. I've never done that before. In other words, plan out the entire year as the trips I'm going to make, where I'm going to be. So you can check that out on my website. And I'll announce them as the time you know comes closer. So I'll be in San Jose on the 27th of February. And Justin, Justin Klein, will be in San Jose on the March 20th. The reason why we're going to be there is in San Jose is that's where the radio show is from. When that's before podcasting, we were on the radio up in the Bay Area. So we have lots of clients up there, lots of people to meet. And it's all about helping you achieve financial freedom, everybody, everybody that's listening. I want you to get there. And you can do it. It's not like it's rocket science. It just takes effort. And it's not like, you know, oh, I, you know, I got to sacrifice everything. No, but you do have to spend less than you earn. Why is that so hard for everybody? I don't get that. I really don't. You don't earn, you earn, you break, take home X and you can't spend less than that every month and invest the rest. That's it. You'll be rich if you do it. Now, the how much less? Well, at least 10%. It's not impossible. It's all about helping you achieve that financial freedom goal, everybody. And we do it. We sit down with people. We do it. We mark, we do the math every time I sit with people. We do it. Anyways, my main talking point today concerns a story that is talking about breaking up Google. You know, Google parent alphabet. Alphabet. Would that be a good thing or a bad thing? How, how, how familiar are you guys with breaking up monopolies in the past? Have they been good, good for investors or bad for investors? The parts could be more, worth more than the whole, you know. Breaking it apart. I think it's inevitable, not just Google for other big tech stocks. I think it's inevitable that that's going to happen. And I've got some other interesting talking points I want to discuss. Well, how about this? Where is the surge of the next home buyers coming from? Where are I mean, baby boomers my age? We we bought houses. We already done. And how about the millennials? Well, they not they didn't buy enough. And but what about after that? Who's next? Is it a big group of people? What are they doing? Okay, how to work part time in retirement? How to do it? What's some of the things you need to know? Need to settle in your mind. Ask the questions. And let's see. Um, well, we can talk about the CPI. Can, and then, of course, I wanted to talk about can you retire on a million dollars? I want to discuss that. Try to give you some math and some easy math, not complex stuff, not nothing that you have to struggle with. The market today, the Dow was down 25, the NASDAQ was up 19, and the S&P was up 6. And one of the big issues, and I've talked about it yesterday, and I think I'm going to start bringing it up more and more, is the influence on the big tech stocks on the indexes. I've talked about this last year, and you know, indexing, everybody's very much into indexing because that's working, and I totally get it. I totally get it, really. Indexing is the way to go, and long term, I think it is the way to go. I'm not even arguing about that. But my worry is, 
They produced ETFs that track indexes, more mutual funds that track indexes. Everybody has an index fund for you to buy. And what's happening is the big companies, Google, Apple, Amazon, you, you name them, right? They are becoming more and more of, they are more part of the index. In other words, from a percentage point of view, they make up 20, 25% of the entire index. So what happens... What happens, number one, when they start getting attacked by the federal government? Number two, what happens if we have a pullback and all of a sudden all the indexers are selling? What happens? See, no one's, we haven't experienced this before, this amount of influence by just a few huge tech companies or huge companies, period. What happens to the market, you know, when we start selling those off, taking profits off the table? No one knows. It hasn't been. This is a, this is new, and I'm worried about. And no one's talking about it. I haven't even heard anybody talk about maybe a bubble in asset prices of the big tech. We're at a trillion dollars. Some of these these you know a handful of these companies are trillion dollars. How hard is it going to be to come two trillion? You know we've been talking about this in the office. It's it's a concern. Now, it's not something that, oh, time to bail out and get out. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, you know, it's time to open our eyes to possibilities. That's all. You listen to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we present this program with five new shows each weekday, Monday through Friday. And it is broadcast and streamed live in the four o'clock hour Pacific time. I hope you will tell your friends and family and members, and we want more listeners. We always do. Justin Klein and I are very, we do our very best to try to make it interesting and instructive. So please give us a call. I appreciate your listening. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. It's Friday. The weekend is here or almost here. And the past few days have been very interesting in the markets. Volatility has been on display, so is your portfolio balanced? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need in order to achieve financial freedom? Well, you've got questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Kyle in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Kyle? Doing pretty good. Thanks for taking my call, Steve. Thank you. I had a question about Hasbro. Yes. Is it undervalued? Are you buying? No, it's it's not undervalued. It's not. Uh, Hasbro, everybody, manufactures traditional and toy-related specialty products, games, and interactive products sold worldwide. So it's it's a $13 billion company. It's a toy company. It's big. Uh, the earnings were a surprise on the upside. They, it was better than everybody expected. Uh, but again, the earnings are only going to be $4.99 this year. Okay, that's a that's a good return because it's up 22% from last year. And next year it's going to be up, they think, another 14%. And sales are starting to increase to single digits, but they're increasing 2, 3, 4%. And so those numbers all look pretty decent, 
But still, it's a $97.71 stock going to make $5.68. That tells you the P.E. is around 20. That's not cheap. It's not as expensive as been in the past. Its range has been 16 to 30. It's right, you know, it's on the lower side of of uh, the cost, but it's not cheap. So don't think that this, you know, that this point is I need to buy it because it's cheap. If it got into the, I would say if it got into the 80s, that would be cheap. Okay, return equity is very good at 22. It's got, it's doing profits. It's turned itself around. It's just not cheap. So, and it doesn't pay that great of a dividend, 2.8%. So, okay, Kyle, appreciate the call. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Appreciate that as well. Okay, um, the the case for breaking up Alphabet or Google, breaking it up. Well, President candidate Bernie Sanders have campaigned on breaking up technology giants. And of course, Google Alphabet is the parent of, you know, Alphabet is the parent of Google. And that's, of course, a trillion dollar company, just like Apple and some of the others. Uh, State attorney generals are working on antitrust reviews and coordinating with the Department of Justice. And you know, I just told you yesterday or the day before yesterday, Justin probably repeated it, that, you know, uh, the the SEC wants to to know what were the purchases of other companies in the last 10 years for these big tech companies. What did they buy? Who did they buy? And recent revenue reports from YouTube... And his cloud business shed some light on the financial implication of um, asset spinoffs. So, I I am convinced that these big tech companies are going to get broken up. They're going to get broken up. Now, don't panic if you own them. What will happen? The last big huge breakup was AT and T when it was the monopoly. Okay, and what happened? They got all these baby bells. What happened to the investors? They made out like bandits over the years. If they would have held on to those baby bells, made out like bandits. So don't think it's all going to be bad news. It's not necessarily. On the next Invest Talk, we have a newly compiled Best of Invest Talk Callers program. The markets will be closed Monday, President's Day. So our live shows resume Tuesday. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here. He's taking your calls live. Step up with your questions now, 888-99-CHART. Okay, let me update you on the coronavirus. There are now more than 63,000 confirmed coronavirus cases in China. That's what they're telling us. This is a big spike over the 40,000 or so cases two days ago. But U.S. experts believe the radical jump is caused by China's decision to make a clinical evaluation instead of waiting for delayed results of actually actual lab tests. So they're just saying, okay, these are people that looks like they have it. We're not just count. We're not going to start counting those rather than those who we know for sure. See, so. That's what they've done, they think, uh, we think, anyways. The city of Wuhan, China, is still on lockdown. And just so you get an idea, I mean, lockdown means no one can come and go out of that city. And just so you know how big that is, that how many people we're talking about, 11 million people in that city. It's big. It's huge. Huge. 
So that's a huge quarantine done by a government. It's never done tri- been tried before of that size. 121 new deaths in the last 24 hours. 1,700 medical workers have been infected. <clears throat> Six of those workers have now died. Now, there is good news and bad news about the actual coronavirus. How it spreads and how often it kills. The, sire, the SARS virus, remember that one in 2002-2003 in China also? It had a mortality rate between 9 and 10%. That's pretty high. That is five times as deadly, the SARS virus, as the coronavirus. The coronavirus only has a 2% mortality rate. The bad news can be found in the fact that the coronavirus is much easier to spread. Well, the SARS virus was much more difficult to spread, even though it was deadlier. So what's better? I don't. What would you have? Easy to spread, but more less people die, or, or hard to spread, but more people die. I don't know. I don't think there is an answer to that. In the U.S., the rules of the game are identify it, isolate it, contain it, and then treat it. That's been our 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 government's response, and I think our government's response, as I said before, has been very good. Think about it. How many more cases have we had? The cases that we have that are growing are ones that from outside the country that came here. Not necessarily spreading here. Well, you know, more, more. So they pretty much contained it. I thought that's pretty good. And since it's Friday, I usually give you some benchmark numbers. The 10-year treasury yield is at 1.58. And the two-year is 1.42. And I don't know if you're paying attention but not that long ago, the 10-year was much higher than the two-year. So it's squeezing a little bit, which is a little bit of concern. And gold at $1,583 an ounce, that's pretty high. It's kind of staying there. Even And despite the fact that the dollar is still very strong. Usually the weaker dollar, gold goes up. Stronger dollar, gold goes down. But that's not what's happening right now. Oil is at $52 a barrel, pretty pretty low cost, $52. Gasoline across the country is $2.43 a gallon. And as you know, here in California, it's about a dollar plus more than any place else. And the cheapest place is Nebraska, about $2.30 a gallon. Consumer sentiment is up. Uh, 100.9 versus for February versus in January is 99.8. So people are positive. That means, and also business inventories are up one-tenth of a percent. So I have a feeling that the businesses are increasing as fast as they can, or and I mean not as fast as they can, but increasing their inventory because I think consumer is going to keep spending, and they're probably right. Now, as you know, Justin and I make it a practice to fit in as many caller questions as possible. So let's do that. This came in early at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is John calling from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Quick question. I was just wondering about Amazon. Its highest was at like 2008 for a buy or sell, and right now it's at about 2004. I was just wondering your ideas on if it's a good idea to sell right now or not. Thank you. I don't think so. It's really at 2,134, not 2,004. 2,134 today. Um, 
it wouldn't hurt to take some profits if you have a lot of profits in it. it wouldn't you know? It's more about rebalancing and balancing away. It's now at a trillion dollars, right? What trillions? Trillions, sixty-two billion dollars, and you know it's still growing very fast. Uh, they make forty dollars a share next year after making twenty-nine dollars a share this year. Well, even at forty dollars a share, what kind of? I mean. <laughs> You have to put like a, a, a what a fifty PE. That you know that's still pretty high, but it deserves it because it's growing fast. The question is, is how fast can it continue to grow? It's a trillion dollars day. How long is it going to take it to get to, a, to another trillion, or even twenty percent growth, two hundred more billion dollars? That's pretty. Low. Anyways, and again. Uh, if you own it, I keep it, but it's only time maybe to trim it at the most. Here in Investoc, we are focused on the business of guiding our listeners. We want them to understand and execute strategies that can help them reach that financial freedom goal we all talk I talk about all the time. So if you are invested in the market, great. But as we go to break, here's my trivia question. In America, what is the largest source of retirement income for most retirees? And what is the average dollar figure for the monthly value of this retirement revenue? You might be surprised. I'll have the answer back right after the break here, everybody. 888-99-CHART. From sunrise to sunset. Hi, Steve. This is Carol in Alabama. From dusk till dawn. Hey, guys. It's Carl from Philadelphia. The questions keep coming. I had a question regarding portfolio yield. From down the street, around the corner, and across the country. Big fan of the podcast from New York here. I'm calling from the Chicagoland area. From Newport, Kentucky. Invest Talk listeners have one objective. This is Frank from the Bay Area. Financial freedom. I had a question on your opinion about this Vanguard Total Bond Market Index Fund. How they get there and when they get there is up to them. My question today is about diversification. But Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help improve their strategy with unbiased investing guidance. I really thank you guys for all of your knowledge and wisdom. Listen live or download the podcast, investtalk.com. It's Friday. The weekend is here, or almost here for most people. The markets have been more than interesting, and you want and need unbiased investing guidance. You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, you ready for the break? I mean, ready for the answer after the break? Uh, my trivia question? Okay, the question is, in America, what is the largest source of retirement income for most retirees, and what is the average dollar figure for the monthly value of this revenue? So here's the answer. If you have been working for years to build your investment portfolio, or if you are new to investing, but serious, good for you. I say this because if you only rely on government supply benefits of retirement, your lifestyle is going to stink in retirement. Don't just rely on that. Now, with that said, Social Security is the largest source of retirement income for most retirees. Social Security is. If you are lucky, Social Security income may pay part 
of your rent in retirement. Remember, it was never designed to be your full retirement. Never, ever, ever was. Don't ever, people think that it was. It's not. It was not. It was to be, as to help, help you in retirement, not be your retirement. So it might pay part or even all of your rent, but you know, what about food? <laughs> what about any other expenses you have? You know, you got to be careful. Social Security Administration announced this week that a cost of living adjustment, COLA, remember that goes up every year with inflation, it will increase benefits this year by 1.6% because we don't have very much inflation. You know what that means? About $24 a month for people. So the COLA will boost the average monthly Social Security check to $1,503 for a single person. That's what it is, $1,503. That's not a lot of money. And remember, that's that's even, that number is before, before you have to pay Medicare, Medicare payment. Remember, they deduct that from it. You have to, did, did, did you know, did, do you think that you get Medicare for free? I love that when the politicians talk about, you know, Medicare is free. No, you pay a premium for it. They just take it out of Social Security. Your Social Security check is deducts Medicare payments, your premium. It's not free. Now, it's, I don't know how much it is, but it's a few hundred dollars. <laughs> no, matter, we only get 1500 on average. For, yeah, here it is. I got it here. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, the medical premium is $144.60 for 2020. It's not free. You're paying a premium. Yeah, it's not a lot, but, you know, it's still taken out of your, your your benefits. So if your benefit is $1,509 on average, after deducting Medicare Part B and Part D drug description premiums, you will have about $1,300 left. Wow. That doesn't pay anything rent here. That you, that you For $1,300 in Southern California? Mm-mm. No. No. <laughs> no. Good luck with that. So tell your friends and family, members, and your children, find a way to save money for your own retirement. Crystal in San Francisco. How you doing, Crystal? Good. I have a question regarding big lots, B-I-G. Is it a good time to yes. get into that? And uh, I also read something about the company trying to buy back the stocks and how that affects stocks. I kind of like big lots. I, I would say, yeah, I think it's time to get in. It's been falling the last three or four days, but it bounced off a low made in December of about $19.50. $19 and that was the low it made. And it got as high as $29 here in January. And then it peaked in the middle of January and it's been falling off. And today's at $25.66. So... Is that cheap? I think it's cheap. This is big lots, everybody. Symbol B-I-G operates 1,401 closeout stores in 47 states. Have you ever been to one? I've been to one. I've been to a couple of them. Um, they offer, you know, brand name product, closeout products. In other words, stuff they're discontinuing. They make, last year they made $4.04 a share. This year they're going to make $3.80. And then next year, $4.03. And that's why you've had the stock fall off. This stock was $60 a share back in 2017. And it, why I like it? Well, it's going to make $4.03 and the stock price is $25. Well, what kind of PE is that? I mean, you know, it's what? 
eight, nine? Eight is 24, right? So it's an eight PE, and it's paying 4.7% dividend, Crystal. So yeah, I kind of like it. You know, I think it uh, it's a big discount. Closeout stores. I don't think Amazon really is a is a is a competitor. I don't think they're going to lose any business to Amazon because they're already super discounted and buy closeout stuff. So I like that part too. So the answer is yes. Now, Crystal, they might want to wait to see it have some strength come back. If it goes back to nineteen twenty dollars. I would be a, clearly a buyer of the stock. So I kind of want to wait. to It's at 2566 coming off $30. I want to see it kind of pause, stop falling, you know, before I jump into it. But I like it at this price, Crystal. Okay. Big is a simple. Yes, B-I-G. What do you think about Good luck, Crystal. the news about Go the ahead. company buying back stock? Let's see. Reaffirm 520 adjusted earnings guidance. I don't. I don't know how much they're buying back. I don't know. Do you, Do you know? Do you know how much? I don't know. How many shares are buying back? I, I, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't see it. Buy. Yeah, what I see is you know I only get a quick look at every stock I'm looking at. I don't have basic information, and this one's not telling me about any buybacks you know, of the stock. I don't know if they have. Sorry. Thanks, Crystal. Appreciate the call. The KPP Premium Newsletter went out today, as it does. It goes out every Friday. And, you know, I had to work. I had to get up a little bit earlier today because I got behind on my work this week. Um, So I had to get up early to produce that darn thing. Now, I said, you know, there's four sections, market condition sections. I said that the, it is clear that the market is getting a little winded after a flat January and a February strong move up. That looks to be fading now, and it's, it looks like that's what's happening. And so I talk about that, why that's happening, and how, you know the, what's going on in the world economy, and this coronavirus, what it's going to do to... Uh, Production around the world. Remember, China is uh, China is a partner with a lot of corporations because that's where you know the the products are made or the parts of products are made and they're assembled somewhere else. So you know it's part of that chain of you know worldwide supply chain and and, and you know I'm talking about it's going to affect that chain. Remember, they shut down eleven uh, a city Wuhan. Eleven million people live there. Um, what a working what what kind of worker they do there? Probably a lot in the world supply chain. So that's why I talked about portfolio management section. I we discuss economic indicators. There's leading indicators. There's lagging indicators. There's con- co- coincident in- indicators. And I'm telling you, pay attention to the leading indicators. As an investor, that's what you're most interested in. It really is. So that's what you do. And then the uh, stock ideas section, the two ideas on here I had in there were for like hedging. I had there were hedging ideas. Remember what hedging is? Hedging is try if the market goes down, your hedge goes in the opposite direction, or at least that's the hope. Not all hedges do that. They're not all perfect hedges, but you know, they're hedges against weakness in the stock market. And I'm just telling you, here's a couple of ideas. If you wanted to hedge, that you could do this. Okay. In the consumer watch section, I talk about the IRS. If you have issues with the IRS, you have problems with the IRS, you got to deal with them. They send out they sent out over 200 million notices 
every year, and last year they did the same, about tax return problems or other issues with taxes. Problems. 200 million pieces of notices. Try to remember also, the government, our government, U.S. government, never calls you about tax problems or any kind of financial anything. They don't. They send you letters. The reason why, the reason why I'm even bringing this up, if someone calls you on the phone and says, I'm from the IRS and you got a tax problem, they're lying. They are scammers. Hang up the phone. They always notify you by mail, not calling. So the newsletter is full of information. I, I try, really try to make it interesting and informative every week. And it, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it, I think. And I think it's a valuable tool for people, you know, for those especially who can't like keep up track, keep track of everything that's going on, the economic reports and so on and so forth. I bring those up on the newsletter. I think it's helpful for you. If you want to subscribe, and it comes in your email box, by the way. If you want to subscribe, you go to investtalk.com. You can subscribe there. And, you know, I would appreciate it if you did. I would. So I encourage you. You can also reach out to Justin and I at KPP Financial. You can call our Irvine offices in California or send us a message, an email. Go to investtalk.com and hit contact us, and it's an email that comes directly to our desk. Let's go to Matthew in Kansas. How you doing, Matthew? Good. How are you, Steve? I am good. I'm glad it's Friday. We got a weekend, a holiday weekend coming up, so you something got to do something fun. Yep, that's right. Hey, can I make a comment on the topic you just talked about? What about? I'm sorry, say that again? On the IRS. Can I make a comment on that? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I own a CPA firm, and we get that call a lot. And they always really? say, well, they say they've been trying to get a hold of us. Well, they'll either certify a letter to you. Or the local police officer will knock on your door and hand it to you, and you have to sign it. So if they <laughs> want to get a hold of you, they can. That's right. They can. You're absolutely but, right. <laughs> but my topic is uh, Nutrien, NTR. Okay. You, you want to buy it or own it? Or, yeah. I own a half a position. I bought it, and right now I just got back to even with it, with it going down. And I know the farm communities are skimping by, trying not to spend a lot. But it is also winter, so I thought I might pick up some more before summer and the farmers start using more fertilizer. Okay. Good eye thinking. Manufactured nutrient is symbol that NTR manufactures fertilizers and related industrial and feed products in the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. Okay. They, this is a good, solid company. It, it generally makes money every year. It has made money every year going back, well, 10, 12 years. Uh, they're going to make $2.24 uh, this 2019. We haven't got the final number yet. That's a little less than they made last year. Next year, it's going to go up. So it's going to go down 15% this year for 2019, then up 16% for 2020. So it's a $41 stock, $2.57. So what's the PE there? Okay, so the PE is what? Is 17-ish. And the five-year range is 16 to 125. So it's at the low end of its range. 
It pays a 4.4% dividend. And, you know, this is the kind of company, as you pointed out, Matthew, it's kind of erratic in its sales because, you know, it's it's farming. You know, they're going to fertilize at a certain time of year. So their sales, all of a sudden, certain quarters jump up. Then other quarters, it slows way down. So uh, I think it's a good I think it's a good price. Um, I probably wait a little while to make sure it settles down a little bit because it's been coming down as you pointed out. I mean, just six months ago it was at fifty two dollars, fifty three dollars, and today it's at forty one. So I, I would I think the idea of putting on more at a certain point is a good one, and it certainly looks like it might be settling down here in the low forties. So I just would ask you to wait a little bit longer to see if this is where it starts to move up from. Maybe a few days. Let's take a look at it next week, Matthew. That might be a good idea. If it starts to move up from this level, then I, I go ahead and put it on. Matthew, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Sam in Dallas. How you doing, Sam? Hey, doing pretty good. Uh, thank you very, very much for taking my call. I want to first thank you and Jason for you know, uh, having such a good podcast. <laughs> My question to you today is about a company called Carnival Corp, and the ticker symbol yes. is TCL. And uh, recently, uh-huh. I had a you know like a pull from my 401k from my previous employer, and I have an IRA opened up, and uh, I wanted to see if this is a stock you think is a good stock for like a long term in the IRA. Actually, it probably is. It's a big blue chip stock. Uh, this is Carnival Corporation. Operates cruise vacations, everybody. 103 ships under 10 brands. Servicing North America, Asia, Australia. And of course, they've been beat up recently, as you know, uh, Sam, because of the you know, coronavirus. But I think that, you know, I think that that problem is probably behind them. And it fell down to the low 40s. And that seems to be literally strong support. They're going to make $4.86 next year. And it's a $42.60 stock. So that's a 9 PE. The five-year range is 9 to 25. So it's at the very low of its PE. And while you're waiting for it to go back up, it pays a 4.7% dividend. I mean, if I was to complain about it, Sales growth is in the you know seven to ten percent, eleven percent area. But if I was to complain about it, it'd be the return on equity is only twelve percent. That's a little bit lower than I like, but they don't have a ton of debt. So actually, I think this is a good price, Sam. I do. CCL is the same. I do. I do. I think so. I think this is where you do it. If you're going to do it, you do it here. Thanks for the call, Sam. Appreciate it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. We all talk about it, we all want it, but you know, we all can obtain it, obtain it if we work at it. And of course, the work continues right after this break. So get your questions in now 888 99 Chart. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888 99 Chart. 
Okay, let's go to Rahoon in Kentucky. How you doing, Rahoon? Uh, thanks, uh, uh, um, thanks, Dave. Uh, thanks for taking a call. I have a question for uh, Lloyd's Banking Group. This is a prominent uh, British bank, and it's quite right. cheap. It's it's uh, it's at ten point four six p, and uh, and I think it could be a good play on the British pound uh, bounce back as well. Uh, just wanted okay. to check what what are your thoughts on that. Okay, Lloyd's Banking uh, Group, everybody. It's a fifty-two billion dollar company with a two dollar ninety-two cent stock price. So it's still huge, even with that low of a stock price. It's still big company. Um, they're going to make thirty-seven cents this year, and then thirty-six cents next year per share. Okay, what does that tell you? That tells you the PE is well below ten. It's like eight, right? Maybe eight and a half. PE, they pay a 5.6% dividend, and, you know, on $2.92, that's not, that's very doable, making 36 cents a share. So, they should be able to maintain that dividend. If they ever cut the dividend, the stock will tank again, but they probably won't. I think they will keep that dividend. Um, it's kind of an erratic price stock. It goes up and down and jumps and, uh, you know, it, it gaps up and down, up and down in price. Uh, earnings are finally turning around. And I think, and I've said this before, the, the Brexit that's coming, I think will actually help banks and other businesses in England uh, in the United Kingdom simply because the worry over the Brexit will be over because it already happened. It's happened. So now they can move forward. So, you know, I don't think it's a bad play. I, you know, it's been as low as $2.35, cents, $0.32, $2.32, and it's at $2.92. That's probably as low as it'll ever get. So I think this is might be a good place to enter. Rahun, appreciate the call. Thank you. I have talking points I need to get to some of them before the end of the show. Uh, the next surge of the home buyers. Okay, we had the general, we had the baby boomers, right? That's us, the 60s, in the 60s people. The millennials who were not very active, right, for a long time. Now they make up about 37% of the, the home buying market. But Generation Z, they're coming along pretty strong. Those are the people, the people born between 1995 and 2010. They are much stronger buyers at this age than generation than the millennials were. Much stronger buyers coming into the housing market, meaning they're in the housing market younger than the millennials ever was. So for those people who think you know the American dream of owning your home is dying or whatever, no. I suspect the millennials came of age just right when the market crashed, and that kind of slowed them down. That's my suspicion. And is a million dollars enough to retire on? Is a one million dollars? Okay, think of it this way. A million dollars can easily produce about four and a half percent per year. So a million dollars, that's forty-five thousand dollars a year. Can you live on 45000 Can you live on 45000 plus Social Security per year? That's that simple. How much is your expenses? Do the math. It's not rocket science. You can figure this out. I would say a million dollars is not enough if you're living on the coasts and the very expensive areas. It's not enough. If you're in the rest of the country, 
maybe maybe excluding Hawaii. Yeah, it's probably enough. And you'll never, if you take 4.5%, you should never, ever eat into the principal. You can produce 4.5% easily. Easily. I have income programs that produce 5% and they take no stock market risk. A little under 5% probably this year because interest rates have been coming down. But it's doable is what I'm saying. Of, of getting getting uh, 5% close to it. And being very conservative, not exposing yourself to the stock market. Okay, maybe I'll get to the other two talking points next week, but not today. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. The markets will be closed on Monday, everybody. It's President's Day. We have prepared a new Best of Caller Question program for Monday, so you can still listen to it, and if you, and I'm sure it'll be, it is interesting. I'm thinking it is. But I will be back Tuesday. In the meantime, I invite you to access our free library of condensed podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and andamistalk.com. Everybody have a great long weekend. Night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.